This is Sportsbeat AM, featuring a conversation with Blue and Gold Illustrated Notre Dame football beat reporter, Tyler Horka. Well, if you're an Irish sports fan, this is going to be a fun month. Spring football is going to get underway next week. Both Irish basketball teams in the NCAA tournament fighting Irish hockey, trying to win a Big Ten championship on their way to the NCAA tournament. And, oh, by the way, the Irish baseball team is number three in the country, and they are playing as well as anybody right now. They're off to a great start heading into ACC play. So a lot to cover. Tyler Horka is the Notre Dame football beat reporter for Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com, but he covers all things Notre Dame athletics. And Tyler, let's start with Notre Dame football, the reported news of the injury to starting center Jared Patterson. Irish Illustrated had the story first. I know you at Blue and Gold Illustrated have confirmed this particular story. Patterson is likely going to need surgery on a pectoral injury, an injury that was suffered in the weight room. What do you think the impact is on the Irish football team as they get ready for spring practice with Patterson, again, reportedly not being a part of spring practice? Well, it's definitely unfortunate. You never want to lose anyone across your starting offensive line, especially the center, especially a fifth-year center who's coming back as a returning starter. So from that standpoint, I mean, you could try to sugarcoat it and say it's just spring ball, but I mean, these are valuable reps for everybody, even an experienced guy like Jared Patterson. So it's unfortunate, but if anybody has shown that he can miss time during spring football and come back and still be a really good football player, it is Jared Patterson because he did it just last spring. So this is the second spring in a row that he's missed spring practices. So I think Notre Dame is going to be fine. Uh, Last year, Zeke Carell is the one that filled in for Jared Patterson at center and took those reps, but it's kind of a different situation that Zeke Carell is facing right now because last year it seemed like they were grooming him to be Patterson's replacement at center. He played some games at center during that 2020 season and that run to the college football playoff. Last year we saw him at guard to start the year, but then obviously kind of got filtered out of that position and was a a backup uh, anywhere he was, whether it was center or guard. So, I think Carell is um, you know, a logical replacement for Patterson in the spring just because he's played the position before and you don't want to move too many guys around. If there's ever a time to move some guys around and cross-train them and see where they can play, it would be spring brawl. But you want some continuity. You want Harry Heastan, the new offensive line coach, to come in and kind of uh, you know, set the, the ground rules and, and lay a foundation for what this might look like in the fall. But You know, like I said, unfortunate to lose your starting center, but Notre Dame has been here before, and they've got some guys that can kind of, you know, make up the ground. You make great points, including continuity. I mean, I think there might have been too much moving around of the offensive line in preparation to the start of last year. But we look ahead to this year. How good a shape are the Irish in right now at the offensive tackle positions? Yeah, I mean, they've got – Joel Blake Fisher, I think uh, somebody on the blueandgold.com message board asked me yesterday after I wrote a story about Fisher, you know, how many teams across the country would like to have those two guys? And I said, probably all of them. I mean, (laughs) Alabama, Georgia, those teams have really good offensive lines and they bring in outstanding recruits every single year. But these two guys are, quite frankly, two of the best in college football. So I don't think there's a team across the country that wouldn't want to have those two guys. But, you know, we saw what it looks like without Blake Fisher last year and before Joe Alt uh, 
kind of rose to prominence. There was a three, four game stretch there where it was like, man, we don't have, if you're Notre Dame, you're thinking we don't have a left tackle right now without Blake Fisher. But once Joe Alt got solidified, you said, okay, we've got two really good ones once Fisher comes back. But that's the thing is uh, I'm not so sure about the depth is Tosh Baker, uh, you know, a, a good backup is Carmody, a good backup. We saw those guys play at left tackle last year and, uh, wasn't so sure about either of them. So you're you're hoping if you're Notre Dame, those two guys stay healthy because when they're on the field, you've got probably the best bookend tackles in the country. When they're off the field, you know, Harry Heastan's going to start scratching his head and saying, okay, how do we replace one of these two guys? Because quite frankly, they're irreplaceable. Tyler Horkin, Notre Dame football beat reporter, Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. When you get guys like Jared Patterson and Isaiah Foskey to come back and not go to the NFL draft, those are the headline guys. I'll tell you what, Tyler, getting Josh Lug back might be extremely important to this football team just because I think you can put him really anywhere along the offensive line and makes the offensive line better. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That was one of the, uh, you know, you mentioned – Isaiah Foskey, obviously, we've talked about Patterson, and there were some others that came back, probably those wide receivers, Avery Davis, Joe Wilkins, just for depth and numbers purposes, you needed those guys to come back. But when Josh Slug said he was coming back, I was like, whoa, this kind of changes everything because, you know, you were sitting there and, you know, I mentioned Zeke Carell not, uh, you know, finding a permanent home at guard and Kane Madden was, you know, what Kane Madden was, a guy coming from, uh, you know, a group of five school to a place like Notre Dame and uh, you know the the competition level upped and he wasn't the same guy that he was at Marshall so uh, you know you're looking at that right guard position and you're without Josh Lug and you're thinking man I don't know is is Rocco Spindler as a sophomore going to be ready for that Uh, are some of these other guys going to be able to you know complete five across the board on offensive line and Josh Lug comes back and I instantly thought okay there's your right guard he's going to slide over from right tackle to right guard, and you've got a solid starting five. I mean, Joe Alt and Andrew Kristoffick really solidified the left side of that line. Jarrett Patterson's going to be your starter no matter what at center. And then we've talked about Blake Fisher. Really the only hole to me was right guard, who's going to step up and play that. And now with Josh Lug coming back, to me it's a no-brainer. Put him in there. I don't know how you have a 60-year guy who's not going to start somewhere. And like hmm. I just said, there's no holes anywhere in the offensive line. So where are you going to put him? I would put him at right guard. He's a really good offensive lineman. He says he'll play anywhere to help the team. Well, that's where Harry Heastan and company need him to play. Tyler, you've covered this Irish women's basketball team throughout the season. It looked like they had a terrific path to the ACC tournament championship game when Louisville was stunned by Miami. But in the semifinals, Miami did the same thing to this fighting Irish basketball team. As you read some of the bracketologists and people who have opinions on who goes where for the NCAA tournament, do you expect Notre Dame to host the first two rounds of the NCAA tournament, or was that Miami game possibly the backbreaker in sending them on the road for the first two rounds? Yeah, from what I'm reading, unfortunately, it was the backbreaker. And I'm not sure if that game would have uh, even done it and okay. moved Notre Dame up to a a four seed line just because they, they were still needing, you know, the quadrant things that's huge for men's basketball. I don't think, you know, there, there's just not as much analysis out there to read on it for women's basketball, but 
I mean, a big game is still a big game. And had Louisville been in the in the semifinal, and that's who Notre Dame faced, I think a win over Louisville would have done it for sure. Notre Dame's a four seed. We're talking about two more games at Purcell Pavilion. But, uh, you know, that's hindsight at this point. From what I'm reading right now is uh, Notre Dame's probably going to be a five seed. They're going to go. Ha- they're going to have to go on the road. But uh, I wrote it earlier this week, and it, it's something that's super impressive. Uh, Notre Dame has eight losses this season, but none of them have been back to back. So if you're hoping for a Notre Dame NCAA tournament victory, I think uh, you know if that trend continues, it's it's looking like they're going to get it. And look, this is a team that has you know beaten some really good opponents. It's been a little bit of a struggle on the road and. That's a little bit of a concern going into the NCAA tournament, though. But, you know, at worst case scenario, they're going to be playing a four seed and Notre Dame's going to be a five seed. So the opportunity to get to the Sweet 16 is going to be there. They're going to be playing a team that's pretty comparable to them. So if this team does make it to the Sweet 16, I think that's a very successful season for Neil Ivy and company, considering, you know, two straight years without going to the NCAA tournament at all. And now you're sitting in the Sweet 16 with pretty much the exact same team coming back next year. Uh, it's been a pretty good year for Notre Dame, all things considered. I love the backcourt, exciting future for this Irish women's basketball team. But when you think about a team, to me, that has a chance to get to the Sweet 16, I'm not sure their ceiling just because, Tyler, they've really had a shortened bench this year due to injuries. And defensively, it feels like there are times where they just break down and the opposition takes advantage way too much. Kind of your thoughts on the depth of the team and the defense that the Irish put on the floor. Yeah, and those two things go hand in hand, right? Neil Ivey's been kind of handicapped with what she can do defensively. If you run them out there and let them play man all game with a seven-person bench, they're going to get tired. They're going to get gassed. And look, these these players aren't exactly – uh, the most athletic either. I think Neil Ivy. there's still a little bit of a recruiting gap there. They've got to get some players who, if you're going to play a 2-3 zone like Neil Ivy likes to play, you know, Maddie Westbeld, really good offensive player, but when she's out on the wing trying to guard some wing players who are penetrating to the paint, she kind of gets blown by. And the same goes for Anaya Peoples and even Sonia Citrone, who's a really good offensive talent, ACC freshman of the year. She gets beat defensively as well. So, uh, to your point, absolutely, there is a little bit of a gap there. And um, I think that goes hand in hand with with what she's experienced with depth. And, man, this this has been a ravaged roster. They went into the season with 10 scholarship players, and now they've, they've been down to seven for over a month now just because Nat Marshall, uh, season-ending knee injury, Caitlin Gilbert has stepped away from the team for personal reasons. And then Abby Prohaska, who's a really good depth player, really good come off the bench, play some defense, make the hustle plays player. Uh, she got popped in the eye on February 1st against NC state and has not played since. So talking about a team that, you know, there's some teams in college basketball, men's and women's who play seven players because that's all the head coach thinks they have. And, and he wants, he or she wants to keep it uh, at those seven players. Neil Ivy is playing seven players because she has to. It's all she has. So definitely not what you'd like to have going into the NCAA tournament. But if anybody's used to it at this point, it's Notre Dame. Tyler, your thoughts on Notre Dame hockey taking on Michigan in a Big Ten tournament semifinal Saturday at 630 at Yost? Yeah, I just can't get over the fact that Notre Dame's going to have to beat these guys a fifth <laughs> time and they're going to have to beat them a third time 
up there in Ann Arbor. That's a really tough ask for anybody. But, uh, you know, what was it, 2013 when Notre Dame beat Michigan uh, five times in one season? So it's been done before. The precedent is there. But uh, you just you just got to think that the Wolverines are going to want to have a little extra uh, in the tank for this one. Single game elimination. They don't want to lose the Notre Dame five times. But Look, I expect it to be a really good game just because that's, you know, that's what Notre Dame plays, especially in these elimination type games. You saw it against Wisconsin two times, um, you know, back against the wall. They're, they're going to go out. They're going to play hard. And I'm really excited. Um, I think this Notre Dame team is possibly peaking at the right time, getting excellent goaltending play out of Matthew Goleida. And then um, it, it really is a four line team. Anytime any one of those lines hops over the board, uh, you're thinking they're going to do good things defensively, and there's also a possibility any one of them could score too. Tyler, finally, I say this knowing that Notre Dame football and Notre Dame hockey are top 10 teams, but is there a chance Notre Dame baseball might be the best team on campus this year? Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, the pitching staff is elite. They just improved to 9-1 and last night with the 11-3 to win over Elon, and uh, you know, I mentioned the hockey team having four lines who come out and play. seems like anybody that Link Jarrett throws on the pitcher's mound is going to do a really good job as well. He was able to get six guys in there last night, but really the story has been the, the starting pitching. Aiden Tyrell, John Michael Bertrand, Austin Temple, those guys have just carried the weekend so far. We're three weekends into this season, and those guys have maybe – had one bad game obviously it was the one loss to Delaware but even in that one Austin Temple pitched really well through five or six innings so uh, starting pitching wins games at any level of baseball Link Jarrett has really good starting pitching and then he's gotten some good performances uh, from the batting order as well so yeah top to bottom uh, pitcher's mound in the batter's box this team is is really good it, it it seems like they could be headed to Omaha kind of a redemption season after they were one game away from making it to the College World Series last year. Tyler, what's happening right now at Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com? Yeah, co-worker uh, Patrick Engel has a really cool story up there right now previewing the offensive depth chart. Obviously, we started this conversation off talking about spring ball and uh, a week away tomorrow. So definitely want to look at some of the guys that we're going to be watching uh, once spring practice starts next week. And Patrick outlines that. And then just in the week leading up to spring ball, we're going to have uh, so much more content, more depth charts, uh, position battle breakdowns, all that fun stuff. So like you said at the top, it's uh, it, it seems like there's maybe three, four, five times a year where you say, man, this is awesome if you're a sports fan. March, absolutely one of those months, but might be close to the top of that list. So yeah. go to blueandgold.com. A lot of Notre Dame things going on there right now. Sign up uh, for $1 for your first year of access and you will not regret it if you're a Fighting Irish fan, I can tell you that. Tyler, good to catch up with you this morning. A lot of different topics, a lot of things to talk about. Look forward to reading more of your work at Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. And thanks for the visit. We'll talk to you next week. All right, Darren. Thank you. That's Tyler Horka. He is the Notre Dame football beat reporter for Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com.